Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Delighted that you are with me. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Talking football, the Hall of Famer Steve Young will be here in a half hour. But I will tell you this, that over the many, many, many years that I co-hosted mornings on ESPN Radio with Mike, one of my absolute favorite guests, one of my absolute favorite people to talk about football with has always been Brian Billick. He was the coach of the Ravens when we first started. They won the Super Bowl in the second year that Mike and I were together doing radio. And then over the many years after he stopped coaching, we got to know Brian very well. And I, there's no one I prefer talking football with than Brian. And so this is his first time with me here on this new show. And I'm delighted. He's on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. Hello, Brian Billick. Mike, how are we doing? This is uh, this is great. I'm I'm thrilled to be on with you on this uh, inaugural show of yours. I go back, you, like you mentioned, we go back to my first year with the Ravens as a head coach, and you guys had just started your your ESPN show, and uh, we we've, we've gotten old because that was a long time ago. <laughs> That's correct, but we still look terrific. Uh, and and my, one of my favorite memories, just very quickly, and then we'll get to the football, was that I saw Brian. Uh, in, in, a, in a restaurant that I love in Chicago called Hugo's Frog Bar. I was with my family. My kids were little. You were there. It was kind of Friday night. You were there, obviously, to do a Bears game, and you're with a whole – whoever it was that we're doing the games with, you have a whole bunch of people at your table, and I weren't able to say hello, and all of a sudden there's a crash, like one of these huge, loud crashes you hear in a restaurant where a bunch of dishes have obviously fallen, and we turn, and it is my son <laughs> who, has, who has knocked over a very large, loud thing – of dishes, and I just turned to Brian and I said, yeah, that's my son who did that. He was about yeah. eight then. That's one of my favorite yeah, memories. The, the thing I remember, you didn't even turn around. You didn't even have to see who it was. You went, <laughs> yeah, that would be my son. <laughs> it was like, we were very used to it at the time. He's grown up since then, too. We've all gotten older together, Brian. All right, let's get into this. You, you know what great offensive football looks like. Brian was the offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings in the late 90s at a time when they set a record for most points scored in a season, a record that Tom Brady's Patriots subsequently broke about a decade later. But you know what great offense looks like. When we watch, when we watch Patrick Mahomes and what he is becoming and what we can expect to start seeing tonight, Brian, in your opinion, what are we seeing? Yeah, a once-in-a-generation type of talent. And that's staying a lot now So, because we got some pretty good quarterback play going on now with Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson, who I think a great deal of as well. And, of course, we've got the staples in, in Brady and Breeze and Aaron Rodgers and the like. But he is so unique in, in the way. And, and people, you know, think of him as well because he does all these things outside the pocket. Well, yes, that is a part of his game. But he is so lethal from within the pocket and the way he stays alive. And the way he, he's able to place the ball in, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a generational-type talent, and it's a joy to watch. It is, and, and we'll get to see it tonight, and I have some more thoughts on him that I'll get into a little later, but I have many more I want to ask you about. You mentioned Lamar Jackson, and I, I can't think of a player who has come in and performed as brilliantly as he has to the point that since he became the starting quarterback in week 11 of his rookie year, he is actually the winningest quarterback in the league. Uh, he has rushed for more yardage than Saquon Barkley on 52 fewer carries. He has thrown more touchdowns than Tom Brady and fewer picks than Patrick Mahomes and was the unanimous MVP of the league last year and yet still inspires the level of skepticism from some places that you hear when it comes to him. And, and I get that part of it is that he does it a little differently. So, as you watch Lamar Jackson and you consider the next levels of his development, if you were his coach, what would you have him working on right now? 
Yeah, I think the level of skepticism comes from, can he stay healthy? You know, he's been spectacular in the way he's been able to do that. And you have to give John Harbaugh and Greg Roman and the, and the Baltimore Ravens credit for buying in to let their quarterback programmably run the ball better than 170 times. The problem is it's not a problem till it's a problem, until he gets that hit, a.k.a. the, you know, uh, RG3 and, and coincidentally against the Ravens when he, when he had that serious knee injury. So I think that's where the hesitation is. I think they recognize, you know, when you look at the numbers and you, when you listen to the comparisons, he's run more than Barkley. He's thrown better than this quarterback or that. Do they envision him running the ball 170 times this year? No. If they were to cut that back, say, 50 runs and put it on the throwing end, he threw the ball 400 times last year. Uh, sat out the one game. If he could be a 450 to 500 throw guy, maybe cut back on the runs a little bit. Now, he's got to get better at throwing at the numbers outside. That's where the interceptions came. That's where the completion percentage was down. Um, but, yeah, this guy's a spectacular, unique talent. And and I got to believe that John Harbaugh and Greg Roman, if they were to make a Faustian deal that said, okay, We'll we'll make a deal with the devil where he can have just the year that he had last year. No better. They'll take it in New York second. Yeah, it's one of the great seasons ever. It, it does raise an interesting question, though. And I brought this up on, on TV one morning recently, and we had a pretty good debate with people on different sides of it. One of them is because you want to preserve him and prolong his career and all the rest of that, then you do exactly what you're saying. You cut down on the number of runs. And then I, I brought that up, and Jeff Saturday said, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to win a championship. Let your quarterback be effective in the way he is most effective and go win games. Don't don't start trying to change something that is working. And that made some sense to me. So if someone said that to you, Brian, what is the right response to it? Well, I, I agree 100%. And that's, again, that's the, the credit should go to John Harbaugh for them buying in because not a lot of people would. I mean, everybody now, because of Lamar Jackson, go, well, let's go get another Lamar Jackson. Well, hold on. There's not a lot of those cats walking around to begin with, okay? And and the question is, and I even put the question to John Harbaugh and Greg Roman, the way he came in, had he not played that his rookie year, let's say Joe Flacco had stayed healthy, and they were just good enough to make the playoffs and exited the playoffs again, and clearly now we're going to go with Lamar Jackson. Would they have been able to jump in wholeheartedly with this style of play, not knowing for sure that, you know, again, he, was he going to last? Is this going to be productive? They even said, I'm, I'm not sure we'd have gone in all in like they did because they had a half a season and we're very successful and say, okay, this is what this guy does. So, yeah, I, I'm with Jeff 100%. Yeah, you're, they're going to let him do what he does. It does beg the question, and maybe, maybe he can stay healthy. At some point over the next seven, eight, nine years, that ability is going to diminish just with his age. So, yeah, at some point he's going to have to be able to develop more just from the pocket. But certainly this year, if they, if they, you know, if, if he does what he did last year, they're all in. Brian Billick with me on ESPN Radio. Um, Brian, next issue here. I'm looking at a division like the NFC East where three of the four teams have new head coaches, new coaching staffs, Dallas, Washington, and the Giants. And I'm wondering – in this season of all seasons, where there was whatever limitations existed on training camp and no preseason at all, and, and people are trying to install what they're doing on Zoom half the time, just how much of an advantage 
that is a disadvantage for those teams and, and thus in that particular situation an advantage for the Eagles. Like, what I'm trying to ask you is, how hard is it going to be on these new coaches and these new coaching staffs to do all the things they want to do based upon the limitations of this offseason? Okay, what I'm going to say is going to sound a little counterintuitive, but because of all the things you just outlined, I think the Cowboys and Giants in particular have a chance to be very good Hmm. Um, because I think Mike McCarthy, Mike Nolan, a new defensive coordinator in in Dallas, and what he did to bring New Orleans' defense up to where it is now, I think with Jason Garrett taking over that offense and the way he'll highlight Saquon Barkley, in a kind of counterintuitive way, the lack of preseason games, I think might have been a benefit for them because, again, this is going to sound odd, but they didn't have the distraction of preseason games in terms of how much your starters start and how you have to prepare for another team. They were able to, for six weeks, drill down on a very narrow, focused way the installation of what they're doing, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So that could very well prove to be an advantage. We'll see in what I think is going to be a very, very competitive division. Philadelphia, again, can be very good if, and it's a big if, if they can stay healthy, and if that offensive line can protect Carson Wentz, they've got the pedigree, yeah. But I think, I think this may be one of the most competitive divisions of all of football because I think Dallas and New York will be substantially better than they were last year. Hmm. I look forward to seeing that. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I picked the Eagles to win that based upon the coaching piece of it. Now you're making me rethink that. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Season starts tonight. All right, one more thing, and I wasn't planning to do this, but as you were talking about it, I just thought I have time here. I'd, I'd love to hear it. So you know, obviously, where my fandom lies, and you know that I've gotten I, – I, Rex Ryan became the coach of the Jets, and, and I was fascinated by him because he's such a fascinating personality, and, and then he had great success, particularly his first two seasons. So, of course, I loved him, and now he has worked with us at ESPN for a couple of years, and he's on my show every Monday, and I've gotten to know him in an entirely different way. I've never had the chance – I've never asked you this question. What was it like – having Rex Ryan on your coaching staff. I've always known him as the head coach. So he was in charge. Like the buck stopped with him and his wild, right. crazy personality. You know, was, no one could, could stop him because he was setting the tone for everybody. But I know you and I know Rex. What was it like for you having Rex on your staff? It was phenomenal. His energy. I'll tell you where, where I hired Rex Ryan. I was doing a coaching seminar in Montreal, of all places. So I go in, and, and Rex Ryan is speaking before me. Now, I didn't know Rex at the time. Well, whoever organized this, now, again, this is in Canada. You know, they, they were all said it was going to be four and 500 coaches. Well, there were like six guys show up, okay? So I come down early to hear Rex's presentation, and you'd have thought there were 500 guys there. Because hmm. he coached those six guys up the same as if there were 400 or 500 clinicians. He was fired up. He was animated. He was everything that we know Rex to be. And I thought, you know what? If it ever comes to it, I'm going to hire that guy because that's one hell of a coach. Hmm. And he was. He was a phenomenal coach to be around. He's got a great mind for the game. And the players loved him. And and obviously it benefited us pretty good because defense is what carried us all those years. Absolutely. And and the players, I can tell you right now, his players – the guys that he coached still love him, and his mind for defense is as good as anybody's that I've ever come across. There's not a question that comes up about defense that I don't go to him to get the answer. Brian, tell everybody what you're up to these days. Well, that's like Pat. I've been at it for eight years. We're the number one Pat in the National Football League because it's the best fitting. It's form-fitted, per se, the digital database that we have. We took care of your man, Sam Darnold, you know, mm-hmm. when he uh, when he had the coming off the mono and we had he, they came to us, we put specialized pads. 
Saquon Barkley, Aaron Donald, George Kittle. You know, players didn't you, they just wore whatever pads you put on them. Now they are choosing, and they're choosing X Tech pads, and uh, they're available at the high school level. They yell, uh, high school players need to get them. They need to go to XTechPads.com. Best pad in, in football. Awesome. Hey, Brian, it's great to talk to you again. We'll do this again soon. Enjoy the start of the season. All right. Sounds great. That's Brian Billick with me here on ESPN Radio. I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Again, we will have Steve Young, the Hall of Famer, coming up in about 20 minutes on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Meanwhile, something I really wanted to get into today. I've had this in my notes since before we launched this new show. And with the season starting tonight and Mahomes playing tonight, this feels like the last best chance to get it in. And that is that my favorite thing about Patrick, my favorite thing about him, the thing that makes me the most convinced that he is going to become the greatest quarterback ever, which I actually think is going to happen, was one thing that he said. The proof was in the quote. The proof was when he said, well, Tom Brady's got six championships, so I want to get seven. And when I heard him say that, I thought to myself, that's exactly what I want that guy to say. And I love it not because he should care what I want, but because that's what everyone should want him to say. It's not what most guys would say. Most guys would never start talking about winning all these championships, chasing after him. It reminded me of Tiger. Tiger Woods has been openly chasing Jack Nicholas's record of 18 majors from, from the time he was a teenager. He's never shied away from that. He's never pretended that wasn't his objective. The proof is in the confidence. The proof is in the, in, in the swagger, in, in the desire to go at it, to, to, to stare down that challenge and not shy away from it. And in some ways, Patrick Mahomes makes me think of the home run chase. I'll explain. Because there really are two separate things he's chasing. Forever, the home run records were twofold. Barry Bonds has them both now. But throughout my childhood, and, th- and up until Barry Bonds unified the belts, if you will, there was the single-season home run record, which in my youth was held by Roger Maris forever, and the career home run record, which was held by Hank Aaron. And those are very different records. And Mark McGuire broke one of them, and... He kept waiting to see what would happen, and then Bonds eventually broke the other. He had 73 home runs in a season, and he hit 700 and whatever he has, 59. However many home runs it is that he has, 758. Wherever he finished, he broke Aaron 755. And so he won both of those. To me, Patrick Mahomes is chasing two different people. He's chasing Brady because Brady's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time, and that's not debatable. To me, that's not, there's no room for discussion. That's not an opinion. But that doesn't mean he's the best. Best and greatest are two totally different things. Greatest, to me, is judged by your accomplishments. And Brady has inarguably accomplished more than any other quarterback. Going back to Sammy Baugh and Otto Graham and anyone else you want to mention. All the way through Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana. You know who the people are we're talking about. But then there's the best quarterbacks. And for me, that's an entirely different list. I think the best quarterback I've ever seen is Aaron Rodgers. I think. I'm not sure it wasn't John Elway. I'm talking about just best. Dan Marino threw the best ball. Guys like Favre, people like that. But I'll go with Rodgers. Seems like a safe one. I think many people, if not most, would say, he looks like the best quarterback you've ever seen. 
He's not the greatest. Brady is the greatest. And Rodgers is the best. And in my opinion, Mahomes is chasing them both. Mahomes is chasing Brady in accomplishments, and he's chasing Rodgers in just wow factor and just watching him and saying, that guy is the best I've ever seen. Rodgers has made me say that a million times. Mahomes has already made me say it a bunch of times, and he's just getting started. So I love Patrick Mahomes because he is taking on those challenges head on. He's so good, it's ridiculous. The proof is in all of that, and the proof is in the Pennzoil. Pennzoil, synthetic motor oils made from natural gas, gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil, based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. All right, there's something I just want you to know. So yesterday we're having a Zoom call with the staff of this radio show. And that's a bunch of people, Nuno and Cliff and Bubba, and a bunch of other people were on the Zoom call. And there's just a bunch of names I could give you. Liam is a name you may remember if you're a Mike and Mike listener. Actually, all of them from Mike and Mike. Everybody at ESPN Radio started on Mike and Mike. So Justin and Liam and Ray, everyone is on this call. Bunch of bunch of people are on the call, on the Zoom call. And I'm doing it on my phone. So at this point, everyone knows how Zoom works. If you're on your laptop or a computer, you can see everybody on one screen. But in this call, there were maybe, I don't know, seven, eight people. But on my phone, you know, you can only see a few of them at a time. So I start scrolling through. And a few of the people on the call, I don't know that I'll call them out for it right now. Maybe I will. We'll see. Do not have the video on. Now, I can't be the only one who thinks that's shady. The only thought I have whenever anyone doesn't have their video on, mind you, this is 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's the middle of the day. So am I the only one who finds it very suspicious when people have the video off on the Zoom? So some members of the staff who, again, shall be nameless, did not have the video on. And they've just got like that little silhouette of a person. And then another member of the staff tried to fool me because he's got the frozen picture. He's got the screenshot of himself on the the Zoom. And so when I just went through it quickly, I figured, okay, he's there. But then the more you watch it, you realize he's not moving. So that is actually not him on the zoom his camera's off too i find that very mysterious i find it suspicious bordering on shady what are you doing all of you people who don't put the video on on your zoom what is it you're doing i'd like an explanation now if an explanation there are many reasonable explanations but there are probably an equal number of not so reasonable explanations the easiest being you're not paying any attention to what's going on on the Zoom at all, and you're zoned out and you're reading a book or you're playing a video game or you're watching television or you're doing something else entirely. There are others that might be a little more interesting. Maybe you have no clothes on. I can't be the only person who thinks to themselves when the video is off, I wonder if that person has no clothes on. <laughs> I wonder, like I'll just throw a name in this. Like Ray yesterday did not have his camera on. 
And I'm wondering, did Ray just come out of the shower? Like, why is Ray's video not on? And then he claims he was driving, but I was offered no proof of this. So these are the things that are going through my mind in 2020. If you're wondering, what's going on in Greeny's head when all this Zoom stuff? Zoom is everything now, and I love the Zoom. Big fan of the Zoom. But I can't be the only one. I am, if you and I are on a Zoom and your video is not on, I'm suspicious. And I'm wondering if you're naked. That's what I'm doing. I just wanted you to know that. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. So I've mentioned many times, the easiest way to say something to me, if you would like to, is just use Twitter and use the hashtag Greeny. Hashtag Greeny with a Y at the end of it. And I check that regularly and I will see. And so people are responding to my suspicion. If you're just joining us. I'm highly suspicious of people who don't put the video on during Zoom calls. I find that a suspicious act. And I'm suspicious that you are either A, paying no attention to what it is we're talking about, or B, you are naked. And I can't decide which of those I find more interesting. But anyway, Millennio tweets at me, I haven't gotten a haircut since January. It's a mess. So I only use the Zoom camera when absolutely necessary. Lori Rudder tweets at me for Zoom calls. It depends. It could be they are naked or their area is a mess. Or for me, sometimes there are so many people on the call, the video drags down the call. Could be a poor network connection. Dave Matthews tweets, no Zoom video only means one thing, and that's day drinking. (laughs) That's what I think it was. I think multiple members of my staff were drunk. It was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 
And I think that that's what was going on yesterday as we were trying to have this call. All right, the Hall of Famer Steve Young is with me here on the Shell Pinsall Performance Line. So much to get to with him as we look forward to tonight's kickoff to the NFL season. Hello, Steve. How have you been, my friend? Michael, good to see you. How are you, buddy? Uh, Excellent. It's been a long time. Oh, good to see you. Okay, so I want to start by talking about Lamar Jackson because the comparison that people will make with Lamar Jackson so frequently is to you and people who are not old enough to have seen Steve Young play. Steve Young ran with the football as well as I think as any quarterback I ever saw, maybe until Michael Vick came into the league. And then it was also a brilliant pocket passer in the Hall of Fame and all the rest of that. So as you watch Lamar Jackson, do you believe there are elements of his game that he needs to um, expand or to improve upon in order to remain as effective as he has been? That's a multifaceted. There's a couple of ways I got to set this up. Number one, the game has come to guys like me and Lamar. The rules have changed, safety issues, concussion issues, how you hit the quarterback, can't patrol the middle of the field, uh, pass interference. A lot of it's created less time for coaches and, uh, uh, and, and, and players to be together. CBA kind of restrictive, especially this year. Uh, the game has become more college-like, and that has made it more wide open and made it more capable of, of the offenses that you're seeing kind of you know, what's happening. And you saw last year, the Ravens leaned into all of that, right? It was like, you saw the transition happening. Even some of the more staid quarterbacks were getting, you know, it was just getting on the move. And, but now Lamar's kind of taken to a new level. I still believe that in the end, to answer your specific question, in the end, in the NFL, despite all of that, there's still a need to be a championship quarterback. You got to deliver the ball from the pocket. And, and you can't, there's not enough plays to be made. And I guess in some ways it was proven last year that somebody finally nicked the Ravens and it was uh, the Titans. And, you know, uh, and, and, and in many ways that defense and what they're able to do is the concern going into the future is can you stop all of the dynamic run in the, look, the, 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 the way that the Ravens attacked offense last year was very simple, but hugely athletic. And they really just ran people over, both Lamar and the whole team. And then out of that, the passing lanes were just wide open. And he took advantage of it. And so in my mind, I don't think that can continue. I don't think you're going to see them run over everybody, just completely dynamic running game that you just, you know, it was like 1960. They just, there was not a lot of risk to it. And they just, no one could stop it. I think that you'll see more and more people study the Titans last year in the playoffs and go, look, we can kind of corral this and force the quarterback, like I had to, to deliver from the pocket. And that's and I think that Lamar is gaining ground there. He is developing. It is not a finished product. But if he can continue to develop and maintain his his uh, uh, his dynamic, you know, athleticism, he will be unstoppable. But there's no question, Greeny, he has to continue to develop in the pocket. As any young, dynamic, uh, dual-threat quarterback has to do, you have to be able to figure out the truth in the passing game by you deciding how to get the ball out to the fourth or fifth receiver, sideline to sideline, making the reads, and then and then teams have to demand that too. I don't know if the Ravens are set up to demand that yet. And so that's going to be an ongoing process. But I don't think that, that truth has not gone away despite all the stuff 
I talked about in the setup. Mm, that's, it's a terrific look at it. Again, he's 23 years old. Steve Young with me on ESPN Radio. Let's talk about a quarterback who's 43. With Tom Brady going to a, a new place with an entirely new – there are no two people on planet Earth who are more different, at least in their personalities, than Bill Belichick and Bruce Arians. And I think their philosophies of football are different. And Brady steps into this offense with all of these weapons and, 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 and so this new lease on life at 43. What do you expect that to look like, Steve? Uh, I, it's just, I, I think I set the same – I'll set up the answer to this one the same way. The game has changed. And Tom has told me before, you know, that they don't patrol the middle of the field and the flats are open and there's yards everywhere. And it used to be, you'd say, in college, everybody's open and the pros, nobody's open. And I just think that's changed. And so because of that, he can now lean into pliability and all the things that he's done. It's amazing what he's doing with his body to be able to create this possibility for him to um, uh, to still be playing at 43. But the game has come to his 43-year-old body and that it doesn't demand as much and it's not as much at risk. And, uh, and if his arm is still able to deliver the ball, because his mind, you know, there's no better mind in football. And as long as his arm can, can you know, because his body's not going to be asked to do that much. And he's very pocket presence is fine if his arm can deliver the ball. And that's what we worried about in the previous couple of years is, are we losing, you know, sections of the field where he cannot deliver the football? If that becomes a problem, you can't fix that. And that's what we'll watch closely for. Everything else, the game itself is very, very safe, for, much safer for quarterbacks and really does not put his body, 43 body at risk. It's truly about the arm. So watch that closely. If there are throws that you can say, oh, my gosh, he can't make the 20-yard comeback throw anymore. NFL defenses will see that, will then come a predatory nature of NFL defenses, and they'll start to figure out that he has holes in his repertoire, and they'll start to, you know, the game will shrink for him, and that'll be tougher. Steve Young is with me, the Hall of Famer, as we look ahead to the start of the NFL season. Again, it kicks off tonight with, look, as we talk about a league that is that is overrun with magnificent young quarterbacks, two of the very best, maybe the two best in the long run, will kick off the season tonight with Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Deshaun Watson, whom I absolutely love. But Mahomes is the one that, that everyone talks about. And for all the obvious reasons, like, I'm just curious, through the eyes of, of one of the great quarterbacks that ever played, like, as you watch Patrick Mahomes play, what thoughts go through your mind? I, you know, the, the challenge for every pro, and at any level, but especially as a pro, is to be completely present so that in the moment – with all of the adrenaline and all the noise and all of the you know excitement and all the physicality and everything else, that in that moment you are completely present and can and have every bit of the faculties, every bit of athletic ability, every bit of you know uh, mental acuity that you have in your body comes out. And you've watched NFL quarterbacks struggle where you know they, they, I'm sure I've had many players say to me, uh, "Oh, I, I just figured out football and they got rid of I lost my job or I, I never felt totally comfortable, I never felt fully present." And I think from the very first time he stepped on the field, he had this ability to, you know, it's almost like he could tell you in the middle of a play what, you know, whose socks were down, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, what, what the cheerleader's cheer was at the time. Mm-hmm. And that presence really allows him to make all the plays you're seeing there as a quarterback happen in the moment. And the more present you are, you know, one of the most present quarterbacks that I've ever was around was Joe Montana. Like in the moment, you just sense that the, the 22 guys is not that many. Like, put 50 on the field. I'm still totally comfortable. And because of that, all the plays that come, then you put the physicality to it, all the throws you're seeing right there. He's like, he can throw it anywhere. 
with the presence of mind that, that is uncanny. Usually you have to develop guys that are that present are Tom Brady at 43, you know, Drew Brees at 39. I mean, it takes a lot of years to get that present. And uh, he had it at 23, which is amazing to me. Yeah. For the great ones, sometimes the game slows down rather than speeding up. Steve, I hope we can do this regularly. It is a pleasure to see you again. Thank you. Enjoy the start of the season. You bet, buddy. Greeny, the podcast. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star shopify powers 10 percent of all e-commerce in the u.s and shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, rothy's and brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries plus shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Looking at some of these tweets here again, just use the hashtag Greeny and I'll see them about why people have their cameras off while they're while they're in a Zoom meeting. Because, A, I, sincerely, I find it distracting. The whole purpose of the Zoom is that we can see each other. And then, B, I find myself very suspicious. Why is your camera off? What is it you're doing? Are you, are you drinking? The, the, the suggestions I'm getting most often are that people are drinking, or that they're not wearing any clothes. Both of those are uh, distracting to me in trying to have this conversation. Uh, Then I have tweets here. uh, uh, What was this one here? Brenda Christensen tweets me, no makeup on and still in my workout clothes. Well, that that doesn't strike me as a reason. You can't put the camera on. I mean, crying out loud. I take my makeup off before I go. (laughs) I didn't have my makeup on anymore. And I was still on there with Nuno and Liam. So, uh, you know, we all have to go through stuff. Anyway, um, I find that very suspicious. Someone just pointed, Nuno just pointed out to me that today is probably unprecedented in the history, and for all the wrong reasons, but in the history of sports, 
that on the same day we have action in the PGA, Major League Baseball, the WNBA, the NFL, the NBA, the U.S. Open Tennis, college football, the NHL, and Major League Soccer, all in this country. Going on as we, well, I guess the hockey is not going on in this country, but you know what I mean. Um, it's remarkable. And if you're a sports fan, obviously it's a wonderful thing. And, and to the point that Dominique and I were discussing in our first hour of our show today here, um, you can take that however you wish. It, it doesn't have to be a distraction from the really important, serious things that are going on in life. To me, it's an aside. Those things are going on. And oh, by the way, there's a football game tonight. And I've been waiting to see football for 220 days. And this was not a season I thought was going to happen. In all honesty, as optimistic as I tried to remain, I really doubted that we would get this night. So I'm going to enjoy it. And I hope that you will too. Meanwhile, the one thing that I cannot stand is all of this. I can't find a person who doesn't think Cam Newton is going to be great in New England. I got Dominique Foxworth picking him this morning on TV on Get Up to be the MVP of the league. I got Damian Woody in an entirely other conversation chiming in and saying he believes Cam Newton will lead the league in touchdowns this season. And all I can think to myself is, so the fans of the Jets waited 20 years to get Tom Brady out of this division. And in the first year after that finally happens, the MVP of the league is going to be the quarterback of the New England Patriots. It's never going to end. This is never going to end. This hell that we are living in as fans of teams in this division. And I know you hear me in Buffalo and I know you hear me in Miami. It's never going to end. And one of the really interesting questions about this upcoming NFL season is who will have more success in the long run, Tom Brady's new team or Tom Brady's old team? I think Tom Brady's new team has more good players than Tom Brady's old team. But that doesn't mean they'll do better because Tom Brady's old team isn't in a division with Drew Brees or Matt Ryan. The Falcons are sneaky loaded. The Saints aren't sneaky anything. They're just obviously great. So the Buccaneers have a much tougher, the NFC is a much tougher conference, uh, sort of in width. I think the AFC is top heavier. But the NFC is not an easy place to get into the playoffs. A lot of good teams in the West. Minnesota and Green Bay, I think, in the North. Not going to be easy to get a wild card even in a seven-team season. And um, the division, obviously, is brutal. So if you just line them up man for man, I like the Buccaneers better than I like the Patriots. But all the Patriots really have to do is figure out a way to beat out the Bills. Now, Miami, I think, is still at least a year away. And the Jets, I, I fear, have taken a step backwards. I hope I'm wrong. They're playing. They're going to be without their two best defensive players, and they have no offense. They have no receivers. They have no weapons. Le'Veon's got to be unbelievable. So I think, I think it's New England's division. So I think that Brady's old team actually has an easier time getting into the playoffs than his new team, even though I think his new team is better. It's going to be great tonight. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you. En- I know I'll be watching. We'll be here tomorrow to talk about it. We'll be on TV tomorrow morning to talk about it. NBA playoffs continue. And as I mentioned, depending on what your choice of sport is, you get your fill today. We've waited a long time for this, so enjoy it. You got golf, you got baseball, you got WNBA, you got NBA, you got football, you got college football, you got U.S. Open tennis, you got hockey, you got soccer. 
It's all going on today. It's an unprecedented day in the history of American sports. I have the Chiefs winning tonight. Very little question in my mind. Going to be a sloppy track. And game ones are always a little sloppy. I'd love to see it be an offensive explosion. I don't count on it based on the circumstances. One way or another, I'll see you in the morning on ESPN and then right back here, same time, same place, on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.